Hey everybody, welcome to today's Take Heart. More by accident than design, as is usually the case for us here at Soul Survivor, we have found ourselves doing a series on friendship this week. And uh, one of the big lessons that I've learned when it comes to friendship is I used to really just kind of sit around thinking, where are all the people who are gonna be my friend? Where are all the gonna people who, the people who are gonna be great friends to me? And I've realized, you know, one of the principles of the kingdom seems to be to focus more on giving than receiving. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. Jesus also talks about if you want to find your life, um, the way you go about that is you lay it down. You lose your life in order to find it. And I think with friendship, um, if we want to have great friends, the best thing we can look to do is to become a great friend to other people. And that doesn't mean it will always work out. Um, but that's what we can focus on. How can I be a great friend to others? And the Bible's full of people who give us examples of what friendship looks like. One of my favourites we talked about just the other day, David and Jonathan. Now, when David and Jonathan meet, everything about that situation sets them up to be rivals. Jonathan is the, the heir apparent. Well, he is the heir. He's the, he's the kind of like firstborn son of King Saul. He's the prince. He's next in line for the throne. David, on the other hand, has been chosen by God to become the next king. So you think, right, straight away you've got a rivalry there. But instead, what happened is they became the most amazing friends, the best of friends. And um, we're told in the story that they made a covenant with each other, which is kind of like a commitment. They swore friendship to one another. Um, what I love about the story is that when things start to go wrong for David, Jonathan um, steps in to, to protect him and to look after him. And so Saul, the king, tries to murder David. He's just a bit of a nutter, really. And he tries to have him killed on, on multiple occasions. And at great cost to himself, Jonathan steps up and he, he, he shields David. He, he warns David. And eventually, when he can no longer guarantee David's safety, Jonathan sends David away. And again, at this point, you think, well, for Jonathan... If David is the next in, if David's going to take his place on the throne, surely this is a point where you think, well, David's in exile. Now I can, I can have him killed or I can at the very least kind of cut ties with him. There's nothing in it for Jonathan, really. But instead what he does, um, the crown prince, a very strong military leader in his own right, Jonathan seeks out David. And we're told this, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 23. He seeks David out in the wilderness and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. At David's lowest moment, Jonathan found him, helped him uh, find strength in God and then Renew, they renewed their commitment to each other. The test of friendship is how we behave towards people on their worst days. How do we react when they are going through their toughest seasons? And I expect that most of our friends will be going through one of their toughest seasons in life right around now. Um, commitment which is really what we're talking about here, commitment has a tremendous power. In our culture, the way that we do um, relationships reminds me of a conversation that I had with a guy 
when I was at university. He, we were in a bar together and uh, he's a friend of mine and he'd just been dumped by his girlfriend and I was trying to cheer him up. And uh, he just said to me at one point, don't worry Andy, don't worry, I'm gonna be fine. And the reason I'm gonna be fine is because I think of myself like a castle. I have the outer wall and then I have the inner wall and then I have the keep right in the middle. And sometimes I let people behind the outer wall and sometimes I let people behind the inner wall, but nobody ever gets into the keep. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because for so many years, that's how I'd done friendship too. That's how I'd done relationships. You know, I'll let people in so far, but there's a part of me that I'll always keep guarded, locked up and hidden away that nobody will ever see. The trouble with that is that you might be a bit safer, but you'll always be lonely. It's very lonely when nobody has the keys to the keep. No one really sees who you really are. In great friendships, we're meant to give one another the keys to the keep, as it were. We're meant to say, this is who I am, and this is all the stuff that, that struggles, that I struggle with, all the good things and all the mess. Um, what enables that to happen is something called commitment. It's when we know that we are, for each other, gonna be there, come what may through the good times and through the bad times. The temptation with our relationships is to treat them a bit like we treat something like a phone contract, which is it's just like, well, when it works for me, I'm in, but when it starts becoming not that good a deal, then I'm probably gonna leave. You know, so long as the benefits of this relationship outweigh the costs to me, I'm gonna stick around. But the moment that gets flipped around and the costs become more than the benefits I'm receiving, then I'm out of here. The problem with that way of doing um, relationships is that we can end up with uh, other people thinking they have to be a good deal to be our friend. And here's the other thing that happens. We all think we've got to be a good deal. So we might be struggling with an addiction to pornography or an eating disorder, anxiety, panic attacks, depression. We might have this secret guilt or this, this secret sense of shame that we've never shared with anyone but we feel a pressure no 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 I've got to keep that to myself because I've got to be a good deal you know I've got to pretend like I've got it all together I've got to put the front up otherwise they won't want to be my friend anymore and we all know that that's that's such a lonely way to live but in commitment when you're in a friendship with someone that you know they've got your back and they're for you regardless of what you're you're going through and vice versa it creates this safe space this shelter in the midst of a windy, stormy, fickle and fragile world. And it's a space where you can take your masks off and be real and be known and still be loved. And so the challenge for us today is um, a question I ask myself every now and then. Um, who are the people who, if life went really wrong for them, you know, their marriage broke down or they lost their job or whatever, it didn't work out with their exams or they, they got dumped or they did find themselves with an addiction uh, or a mental health uh, disorder. It, who are those people that if that happened to them, we would stick with them? We would be committed to them on their worst days. I've come to understand through making mistakes on this, that doesn't mean committed to solving all of their problems because that's not within our power. But what it means to be a friend to them is to see all of the issues, to see all of the problems, and to say in the midst of all of your challenges, 
I will stay with you. I will journey this with you. I am not going anywhere. The reason we want to love others like that is because that is how Jesus has loved us. He sees us at our best, but he sees us very much at our worst. And he will never abandon us. He will always be faithful to us. So as we love people in this kind of way, we're really sharing with them the love of Jesus.